This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we look back on a very solid week for the field hockey and men's soccer teams. Plus, we recap the football team's season opener and preview the NESCAC qualifier for the men's golf team. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The football team scored on their opening drive Saturday against Trinity, but the Bantams took a 10-7 lead before halftime and outscored the Bobcats 28-0 in the second half to take the game by a final count of 38-7. Senior linebacker Mark Upton led the way on defense with 12 tackles, a sack, and a forced fumble. Meanwhile, sophomore quarterback Sandy Plaschkis tallied a 57-yard rush on their opening drive to set up his three-yard touchdown run. But in the end, Trinity always one of the best teams in the NESCAC, was able to pull away. We sat down with head coach Mark Harriman on Monday to reflect on Saturday's season opener. Well, coach, um, the opener against a perennial power there in Trinity, obviously a, a tough game for you guys, but what do you think the guys learned um, from the experience of playing a team that's always you know, at the top of the NESCAC just right off the bat here in week one? Right. Uh, well, you know, they, they certainly are as good of a team, if not a better team, than they were a year ago. Uh, and I think, you know, probably the biggest takeaway for us was the level of intensity that we have to maintain throughout the game. Um, you know, I, I thought at times that was really good, and that's usually when we played well on both sides of the ball. And then when that uh, wasn't at the level it needs to be at is when we, we struggled a little bit. And as I mentioned to the team after the game, you know, in order to go in and win a game against a, a team like Trinity, we need to be at that level for all 60 minutes. It's kind of interesting, the opening drive, just like last year against Amherst, a big play. In this case, it was uh, Sandy running for, you know, 50-plus yards to set up a touchdown later. Um, what is it about the first few plays that seems to be so, so effective in, in a game for you guys? And then what changed, if anything, throughout the course of the game? Because after that, there wasn't a whole lot of room to run, it looked like. Yeah, well, I, I think part of it was, uh, you know, Sandy made a real good read on that play. Um, you know, we had some some issues as the game went on with not not just, obviously, not just uh, with reads, but with guys, you know, executing their, their assignments on offense. Um, you know, and, and I think what happens, especially with guys that are a little bit less experienced, is as things become more difficult, they they press too hard, and as opposed to letting the things that should occur somewhat naturally throughout the, the course of the play develop. And um, I think that's that was probably one of the big things is that as as we got into the situation. Uh, when we needed to make plays, guys were, you know, maybe pressing a little too hard, the young guys. The defense started off very strong, forcing Trinity to punt a number of times, but it seemed like over the course of the game, because the offense was going three and out, the defense kind of tired. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, that that is fair. Um, you know, I, we need to, we've made some changes uh, both on, on defense and special teams. A lot of our guys that are on defense also double up on a lot of the special teams. And, you know, in, in certain games that can add, upwards to 20 snaps a game for a guy. So we'll, we'll take, we took a real hard look at that over the weekend and we'll continue to uh, chain, you know, get the guys on the field that we feel can, can play for us both 
on on defense and and on the special teams. But again, we are what we are, and and you know we there are some guys that are going to have to be sixty minute men. They're just going to have to go out and play. And um, it, but we, it, we did. I think there was a cumulative effect that they've got a, arguably one of the best offensive lines I've seen since I've been here. And. Uh, a couple of really good running backs, no different than we'll see this upcoming week with Tufts. But the, so that type of physical game is something that, that I think our guys need to really prepare themselves for and get used to. Obviously, with the triple option, it is going to be a run-heavy offense. Sandy did attempt nine passes. Is that where you want him in terms of number of pass attempts? Or do you, are you looking for more throughout the year? Or what, well, are you, what are your we'll, thoughts there? We'll, we'll obviously, you know, we'll open it up as mm-hmm. as he develops, as our our receivers develop, as our offensive line develops. I mean, uh, you know, um, it's it's where we. Um, have to get better at in our execution. It's it, there's no question about that. I think there were times that that we could have uh, probably made some things happen in, in the past game, whether it's by checking to to a pass, even though we've called a run, and some of those things that that again, a little more experience and things like that will which will help. What will be the points of emphasis in practice uh, to the team leading up to another road game there against Tufts? Yeah, well, it, it, we've got to get better. I mean, in in every phase of our game, you know, there were there were a lot of situations that that you know some of the punt returns really hurt us. Uh, it changed, not you know, it, not just putting the defense with the, their backs to the wall, but always creating long fields for our offense. There was very few times where, where we. Uh, had the opportunity to take the ball in, in a even a you know a 50 or 60 yard drive as opposed to a 70 or 80 yard drive and those you know 20 yards can make a huge difference so uh, that's just an example of, of some of the things that we got to square away this week um, you know and it, it, there there is an old football adage that um, you know your biggest improvement is between the first week and the second week so we're we're certainly going to go out and work hard to do that. Yeah, that's a good point with the punt returns because Foley's got such a strong leg. Is he is he just out kicking his coverage, or is it more the, uh, the coverage not filling their gaps? Well, it's it's an all conference return guy back okay, there, and, and you know, <laughs> yeah. to be honest with you, having a having a, a quality punter can be a double edged sword at this level right. because when you're getting, you know, great hang time and in great distance, it, it it can. I think there was one where. Yeah, he might have outkicked the coverage a little bit. We're certainly not going to tell him not to kick the ball right. as far as he can. We got to do a better job of directional kicking, um, and and uh, that that hurt us a couple of times. And and again, some some guys that need to understand their their role in the scheme. Um, and as I said, that's something we'll we'll definitely get squared away this week. And then um, Mark Upton was a standout as usual on defense, forcing a fumble out of the end zone, had a sack. I mean, what do you see from him out there? More the same from him, really, right? Yeah, no, Mark played, you know, again, we the, the bar's set pretty high yeah. for him, and that's what we talk to our guys all about um, all the time. I, I think, you know, um, he, he did play a, a very good game. I thought Trevor Lyons, again, you know, a guy that we expect big things from, Played a very solid game. Uh, Joe Frake, I thought, played a great game for a guy who's really playing a new position. And and I thought Sam Francis, just from an effort standpoint, did a did a phenomenal job for us. So, um, you know, defensively, there were some guys that again expectations are a little higher, and they 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 did. You know, do they meet those? Yes, I think. You know, we we we're always going to 
want them to have great games, but we did have a couple other guys that, that, that I thought stepped up and, and did a nice job. And just any other thoughts on the opener? And, I mean, obviously the emphasis has got to get better in all phases, but any other thoughts on what you learned from that first game moving forward? Yeah, well, again, like I said, it's, it's you know, practice is one thing, um, but when you when you, the music gets cranked up and, and, you know, the intensity level goes from, you know, uh, a 5 to a, to a 10, then um, our guys need to be able to respond to that. And I thought we did it. You know, we... we we talked to our guys about coming out and and playing fast and, and setting that intensity level. And you know, if you look at the first drive on offense and how we were playing on defense, I thought that I thought we did a great job with that. It's just again being able to maintain that through the course of the game, through the highs and the lows. I mean, there's always momentum swings in in, in any athletic contest, but I think especially in football, there's these big momentum swings and. Um, we have to be mature enough to, to, you know, handle it when it's going well for us and, and certainly get it, you know, get that momentum swinging back towards us when, when it's not going our way. All right, Coach, thanks so much for your time. Looking forward to the Tufts game this weekend. Appreciate it. Thanks. The men's soccer team started the week with a match in Brunswick last Tuesday against defending NESCAC champion Bowdoin. And just like last year, the Bobcats and the Polar Bears played to a draw. But this time... Bates found itself down one and nothing with just over four minutes to go in regulation. That's when junior Nate Merchant scored his second goal of the season, tying the match at one. That's the way it stayed through two overtime periods, and Bates snapped Bowden's seven-match winning streak against the Bobcats in Brunswick. Then on Saturday, the Bobcats shut out Wesleyan 2-0 behind a strong first-half performance that saw seniors Luke McNabb and Matt DeVeet score their second goals of the season. Head coach Stuart Flaherty joined the Bobcast immediately after the win to break down the two scores. Both came late in the first half. We played well for the first half hour, but it's obviously good to break the uh, break the tie in the game. First one was Drew Parsons, who at centre forward uh, drove to the byline, beat a defender, cut it back behind our first line of attack, and uh, Luke McNabb made a very good run from central midfield to finish it. Um, that's, that's holding centre mid. That's Luke's second goal of the year, actually. Absolutely, and the second one, Devitt able to get one after set up from Yakovino, great setup. Yeah, yeah, Yak did really well. He uh, didn't seem a lot of pressure on the ball, so Yak carried it a bit far, picked out a good ball, and Matty Devitt, who, uh, you know, that's again, that's his second goal of the year after a late equaliser at UNE, and he, it was a, it was another good finish, and uh, you know, it put us in a good position going into the second half there. And how nice is it to get a two 0 win against a team who beat you five 0 last year? Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> I mean, whatever, right? I'd forgot about that until you mentioned it. So it wasn't in the back of your mind during the game what happened last year at all? Absolutely not. I tend to f- I, uh, I have a memory I can train very well, and I forgot that even happened. Gotcha. And then um, just overall, your impressions of the way the team played today, I, I don't get to watch the tape, but from, from your view from the sidelines in general. I think I'm, I'll go beyond today. I think this team's magnificent. I think the, the spot they're in mentally, their work ethic as a group, their ability to lift each other, um, you know, today is an example of where they do it in a competitive situation in a time frame where you have to do it. But, I mean, they're, they're just doing a phenomenal job on and off the field. They're a great, great bunch of guys. Coming off the, the you know, they had the draw with Bowden and everything, a team that won the NESCAC last year. Um, and then it's nice to have different people find the back of the net, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm struggling here. I mean, we might have had four or five kids score goals. So yeah. if, you, if you're scouting us and you're wondering where the goals are coming from, I mean, they're, they're getting spread around pretty well. You know, and the the guy who was being our leading scorer for three consecutive years, he's going to be getting off the mark soon. So I mean, it's 
yeah, that's that's a certainly a good position to be in offensively. All right, Coach, thanks so much. Thanks, Aaron. Although Bates fell 2-0 to Williams on Sunday, the 1-1-1 one, one, and one week sets the Bobcats up nicely for the home stretch of the NESCAC schedule. Merchant's goal against Bowden is where the week started, and he is our male Bobcat of the week. Talking to our male Bobcat of the week, Nate Merchant, here on the Bobcast. And first of all, Nate, Bowden, defending NESCAC champions, a team you drew with a, a year ago, but this time at Bowden, they were up 1-0 for a while, but then late in the game you were able to get the equalizer. Describe the play for us. Um, so basically it was late in the game, I think it was the 83rd or 84th minute, and um, at that point we were kind of just launching it at their, at their back line, trying to break through. Um, and I saw the ball coming over in, over the top in the air, and it sort of bounced, and there's a miscommunication, I believe, between their right back and their goalie. Their goalie kind of came out, and then their uh, right back headed the ball, and it sort of started bouncing towards the top of the 18 where I was approaching, um, coming up that way. And then Peebo um, sort of fended off one of the defenders, and I came through and just uh, saw the open goal and just knew I had to get a good contact on it, and so luckily... Or yeah, got a good got a good hit on it, and it yeah. just flew into the top, top right corner. Absolutely. And then you know, I'm always curious. Well, not all draws are created equal, right? I mean, yeah. what's your thoughts on ties? <laughs> um, you know, it's kind of a we were happy we were happy to get a point. I yeah. think uh, at that point, we knew we uh, we sort of dominated the game. I thought we had um, a lot of the possession, had a lot of good plays going forward. And so, uh, and their goal came off of a rebound. Um, I mean, our goalie Robbie had a great game. Um, but I really thought it was pretty even, if not, we had the upper hand. So to get that tie, um, it was a big point, a point nonetheless. The win would have been nice, but a, we'll take a point. And the scoring's been so spread out for you guys this year. Everyone's scoring goals, it seems right. like. Uh, what's that like? Um, it's great. You know, it's just, uh, spreading the love, getting the ball, getting different guys in the ball. Um, obviously, in the last game, or in, against Wesleyan on Saturday, having two of our seniors, uh, Luke McNabb and Matt DeVete, score. Um, that was great, great for them and their senior campaign. So, yeah, it's been great. And then for you as a junior, you've kind of had a, a bit of a breakout start to the season. What's been working for you out there? Um, I've sort of found my position uh, on the right wing and up top this year. Um, I think that we've sort of been able to build um, in our attacking play. Obviously having Eric Poku come in on the left side, he's been a huge help. Uh, great technical player who can get us on the ball. And um, I think just the connectivity between the backs, the mids, and the front line is something that we've sort of been missing in the past years. And so it really feels like things are starting to click, and I think that's really been how, we, how we've been successful this year. Yeah, and Eric's dribbling is so fancy, and, and, and I find myself watching it. You get to remind myself not just to stand there and watch, right? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I mean, he's, he's great with the ball. He's just he's, he's small, he's quick, and he can just cut, cut people up. So he's, yeah, it's, he's, he's a great addition to the team. It seems like your style of play is a very physical style. Would that be a fair assessment? I'd say that would be a fair assessment, yeah. <laughs> I like to get up there, get in people's faces, you know, kind of just give no one time on the ball, just pressing at all times. Um, but, yeah, I think that that's definitely a way to describe my game. <laughs> and, and then, I mean, you, you know, for the team, you know, what are you working on this week leading into some very important NESCAC games because obviously top eight make the tournament. Just right. a little bit short last year, but a good right. shot this year. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, yeah, I think we have a great shot at making the tournament this year. Um this week coming off, we got three points in the weekend, uh, coming off a four-point week in three big NASCAT games. Unfortunately, we lost to Williams yesterday, but um, just staying healthy, looking, recovering this week. We have five days to just recover and prepare for this doubleheader at, um, at Trinity and Amherst this weekend. So big two games coming up, looking forward to it. Yeah, Amherst defending national champs. Um, they're, right. they're a pretty big team. What did you mm -hmm. learn from facing them last year? 
Um, they were definitely a great team last year. Um, I think they've lost a few guys, and I think that we're kind of coming up on the coming up in the standings. And so I think, I mean, we got nothing to lose, really. I like, I've always thought I like to embrace that underdog status. I mean, they're the national champs. They're this big, this big great team. But why not us? You know, that's that's the way I look at it. Absolutely. One more question once you get run to practice. Sure. Um, <laughs> you're from California originally. Right. So how did you get up here to Maine? What attracted you to come across the country to Bates? Um, so I knew I wanted to get out of, get away from the West Coast. Um, the East Coast has kind of always been attractive to me. And uh, I came, I visited, did an overnight with um, one of the players who was in the team when I was a junior in high school. Sure, talked to Stu. Um, came, really liked the school, went to the cat camp over the summer. Um, just overall, had a great uh, experience in the applying process and applied early decision and got in. And that was it. Did they reach out to you first, or did you reach out to them? Um, I reached out to them. Um, so it's kind of he saw he couldn't come out to see me play, so he saw my highlight reels and that kind of stuff, and we were just in touch. And he liked me and he liked the way I played, and so um, he made me one of his recruits, and I applied and. That was it, and here I am. <laughs> All right, yep, as a junior Nate Merchant having a breakout year in our male Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. The women's soccer team rallied in dramatic fashion on Saturday to tie Wesleyan 2-2. Down 2-0 in the 84th minute, Bates got on the board thanks to yet another goal from sophomore Olivia Amder, who now has four goals on the year, matching her total from last season. Then less than a minute later, junior Hannah Berenger tallied her second goal of the year to even the match. Neither team scored after that as Bates picked up its first point in NASCAC play this season. The Bobcats gave number one nationally ranked Williams a run for their money the next day, but ended up falling in that match 2-0. Perhaps the best week among the Bates fall sports belonged to the field hockey team as they went 2-1 last week, including a 6-0 win over Thomas College on Wednesday and a 3-0 NASCAC victory over Wesleyan on Saturday. Although the Bobcats fell to Williams in overtime by a score of 2-1 to one on Sunday, the field hockey team is already one win away from matching its victory total from last year in NESCAC play. Sophomore Jesse Moriarty scored three goals on the week, with two of those goals coming against Wesleyan. Moriarty's enthusiastic on the field, so enthusiastic she actually lost her voice on Saturday. She was still nice enough to join the Bobcast and is our female Bobcat of the week. You know, for you personally, five goals already this year after scoring, you know, two last year as a first year. What's been really working for you there on the front line? Um, I think just playing with two of my fellow classmates and just knowing who's behind me better and, like, knowing the system better helps a lot. The 6 nothing win over Thomas when, you're, when your team's scoring that many goals, how, how good is that feeling on the sidelines and everything? It's definitely a good feeling and definitely good to be spread out amongst a lot of people. And it's a good team feeling, good team win. And then uh, you had the NESCAC victory as well this, this weekend, shutting out uh, Wesleyan 3 nothing. I mean, what came together in that one for you? Uh, I think the lines just started coming together and the communication. It was just one of those games where everybody was doing their job and doing what they needed to do on the field, and it just felt like it was working. And then tell us a little bit about Danny as a, as a head coach, because I know she's been building the program up these past few years and really starting to see the results. What is she like as a coach? Uh, she's an awesome head coach, and she definitely encourages us to be the best that we can be every day at practice and pushes us to be better, and I think she just wants what's best for the program and what's best for the team always, and that attitude shows through and like gets us on the same page as her and working in the same ways as her. And your two fellow sophomores are on the same line as you. Tell us a little bit more about them and your relationship. Uh, those are two of my best friends, so um, it's awesome to be able to play with them on the same line. And um, just I feel like we have a lot of connections off the field and it shows on the field. And being with each other every day, all the time, definitely shows. 
And that's Ada and Taylor, right? Yeah, that's Ada and Taylor. <laughs> and what are what are their styles like compared to yours, I guess, Ada and Taylor, and how do, how do you mix out there? Uh, I think we mix pretty well because we do play differently, um, and our styles mold together because the three of us are on the same line, but like off the same line, like we play in an upfield triangle, so we're not all clumped in the same area, and we're going to be doing different skills, but I think we cut off of each other well and listen to each other and can actually talk constructively to each other so that we can play better. Excellent. Then obviously you got, I believe, some road NISCAC matches coming up, right? Yeah. Yeah, Trinity and Amherst going on the road. So, uh, you know, pretty big, right? I mean, what what are your guys' thoughts? You know, heading into heading into these uh, weekend trips, and what's the emphasis you think this weekend practice is going to be? I think the emphasis this week in practice is just going to be coming out and playing hard for two halves because obviously we can hang with teams like Williams and Sasha came back. We tied them. We played in overtime with them. Um, but had we had a stronger first half, I think the game would have gone differently. So I think our goal is to have just a strong 70 minutes and play hard and play our game for 70 minutes. And being on the road, it's obviously more difficult than playing at home, but just like recognizing that if we play our game, we're going to win. And overtime in field hockey is weird, right, because it goes down to seven on yeah. seven. What's that like? Uh, it's definitely a lot more physically tasking and a lot more tiring. But um, I think, like, our strengths show through and our speed and, like, endurance definitely shows through in the 7v7s. And um, we just didn't win this one. And did you have any overtime matches last year or anything? Yeah, we had USM. USM last year? Yeah. Okay, so you had well, We had double overtime and then we lost them in shootouts. So that was our only overtime game, though. So definitely different than other games. It's probably preferable to try to avoid overtime, though, right, in general? <laughs> yeah, definitely not the best to have. <laughs> and then for for you, I mean, just in, in terms of Bates in general, how have you seen, you know, your game develop over these past two years, just kind of getting adjusted to the college game, still only a sophomore? Yeah, um, I think I just realized, like, it's more of a team game. Like, high school is high school, and you can have stars on a high school team, but you can't have stars on a college team because everyone needs to play together in order to win and our conference is so strong that you can't play individual at all and if you want to win you have to be a team player and I think it's just helped me like from last year to this year it's just seen so much more of being a team player and being there and like that's why we're so successful. All right well Jesse we'll let you rest your voice uh, for the weekend thanks so much for your time appreciate it and congrats on being our female Bobcat of the week. Thank you. While the volleyball team fell to Bowdoin on Wednesday the Bobcats bounce back in style with a 3-0 victory at Colby on Friday to pick up their first NESCAC victory of the season. Meanwhile, the men's golf team finished fifth at the Husson Invitational, but this week is their biggest week of the year. The Bobcats are preparing for the NESCAC Men's Golf Fall Championship Qualifier set for this Saturday and Sunday and hosted by defending champion Middlebury. Team co-captain Brad Rutkin joined the Bobcats to talk about the deepest men's golf team Bates has had in years. This is the biggest... Uh, probably tournament of the year for you guys, right? What's the mentality in this week and you prepared for it? Well, the mentality is we want to qualify for the spring. We haven't done that while I've been here. I'm not sure that base has ever done it. I actually looked online uh, last week and I couldn't find anything. But the mentality is that we expect to qualify. We have a really deep team and everyone wants to play. It is a really deep team. We talked a little bit about this off-air, talk about on-air a little bit. Only five guys get to actually play at the NESCAT qualifier, and you have 14 uh, guys, and so the coaches will decide this week. And so what's that competition like within the team? I think it's really good-spirited competition. Everybody supports uh, their teammates. For the most part, it makes everybody better. I think there are advantages to having a smaller team where people don't really have to focus during practice about competing. But on the other hand, I think it's, it makes us better. 
And how do they make, go about their decision-making process, or do they not tell you guys? <laughs> Uh, for the most part, we do a combination of two things. We stick with uh, a couple of the senior guys who have played for a long time, who've really you know se- secured their spot in the starting five, and the younger guys. We kind of go with who, who's hot at the moment, um, mostly because as a young player, you got so much going on when you first get to college that it just makes sense to go with who's playing the best at the time. Sure, and then obviously you're one of the leaders of this team. What have you noticed from the young guys coming in? Uh, they want to play and they want to win. <laughs> Um, most of the young guys, when they don't play in a tournament, uh, they're not happy about it. Not because they don't support their team, but because, you know, they, they want to show what they've got. And, uh, for instance, uh, uh, Spencer Pierce this week played in his first tournament of the year, and he shot a two-day score of 151 with a 74 on Sunday, which is stellar. And, you know, I'd look for him to see what he does in NESCAX this weekend. Sure. And then, I mean, you mentioned that Bates, you know, hasn't made it maybe ever. I mean, the history, written history only goes back so far for his for in NESCAC. But uh, what would it mean to you to, to break through this year? Uh, it would mean everything to me. I think, especially with the passing of Coach Flynn, I really, that was a really tough loss for us. We, I really wanted to finish my career with him, but I think uh, to qualify this year would just solidify all four years for me. Just, it would mean a lot. Yeah, and you know, we want to elaborate a little bit. You know, obviously, Coach Flynn passed away over the summer. I mean, what did he mean to you? Uh, he he meant the world to me. I, I really I, I really mean this, but I, I love the man. He he taught me a lot about competing, a lot about being a man in general, and just and just being a good teammate. I can't say enough good things about him. Yeah, and then we do have a new setup now, obviously, um, with a couple of pros helping you guys out, right? Yeah, so we have uh, both Kyle and Nick from Marndale. They're the pros over there, and they've done a really good job. I've actually, uh, I started off struggling this year, probably the biggest struggle I've had since I've started at Bates, and I I worked with Nick this week and got myself right back on track, put up some good numbers this weekend, and it's just been a big help. Yeah, I mean, for you personally, what have you been working on in your game preparing now for NESCACs? Um, Well, in my first few years at Bates, I was a really good putter, and I I hit the ball kind of poorly, and then this year I came to Bates, and I've been hitting the ball great, but I I can't putt. I can't get the ball to go in its home, so that's really what I've been working on, putting and chipping. Yeah, putting can be the most frustrating part of the game, isn't it? Uh, Frustrating, (laughs) to say the least. Uh And to say that I uh, lose sleep over it would be an understatement. I got a little tape on my floor, and I think my roommates are ready to kill me. I think I've got about 100 (laughs) golf balls on the floor. We're working on it for sure. And then, what do you what do you know if anything about the course you're going to be playing at this weekend? So it's uh, the Middlebury course. I've actually only been there once, but I haven't played it. I got to uh, visit the course when I visited Middlebury when I was in high school. Uh, I've heard great things about the course. I expect that it's going to be beautiful because it's Vermont, and uh, it's probably going to be a challenge. In terms of uh, obviously the competition is is pretty high because you know NESCAC everyone's out, out trying to play in the spring. I mean, you've seen these other teams through the years. What makes them so effective? Uh, a bunch of things. Uh, one, they're they're so consistent. Um, the teams that that play well usually put five numbers under eighty. Uh, well, I've been at Bates. I know we've done that before, but we we haven't done that a lot. Um, and and that's what makes the team so good. The other thing is, is just playing in NESCAC competition more than we do. Being up in Maine, we really only see Bowden and Colby. Sometimes we see Middlebury, but we don't see Trinity a lot. We don't we don't see the other teams. I know that Middlebury just won their own tournament, and it's being hosted at Middlebury, so you got to figure they have some home field advantage. Now, then the top four teams would qualify for the spring, and so good luck to everyone involved in the men's golf team, and thanks so much for the time. Thank you. The volleyball team hosts St. Joseph's Tuesday night at 7 o'clock, but that is the only home sporting event this week for Bates.
That being said, there are tons of big sporting events on the docket. The cross-country teams split up, with some of the Bates runners going to the Colby Invitational and some getting the chance to compete at the Louisville Cross-Country Classic in Kentucky. Women's soccer, field hockey, and men's soccer all visit Trinity and Amherst this Saturday and Sunday, respectively, while the volleyball team is at Amherst on Saturday. And, of course, the football team visits Tufts this Saturday at 1 o'clock. We'll recap it all next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bates.